CPA and CFP Don Cash has made it his life's work to help people like you plan their finances and achieve their retirement goals. It's time for your money and your life. Welcome into Your Money and Your Life with Don Cash. Thanks for tuning into the podcast as we talk about investing, finance, and retirement with Don. Don, how you doing, buddy? I'm good, Mark. How are you? I'm hanging in there, doing very well. Nice to be back here on the podcast with you. We got a lot of good stuff to cover this week, so I hope you got your seatbelt on. I want to get into some things and, and knock this out. I'm strapped in, Mark. Let's go. <laughs> well, you know what I'm probably going to say then? It's the market. What is going on with the market? Volatility returns is the big headline, right? It is indeed. And, you know, I think it was Yogi Berra who said, it's like deja vu all over, all over again. Mark. again. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yogi being a, a former New Jersey resident, born on the same day as myself, by the way. Oh, very nice. Yeah, one of my favorites. But we talked about this the last time the stock market took a steep drop in May. And of course, people start panicking. And, and then what happens? In, in June and July, we're back up, right? Yep. So, you know, down 6% in May. And then people are panicky. They want to make moves. And then we're up 8% in June and July. And in August, what happens? We have 800 points down in one day. So I think we always have to remind ourselves that the stock market reacts to news. News is unpredictable. And therefore, the stock market is, in the short run, unpredictable. So many of the same issues are, are lingering that we spoke about in May. We have uh, the trade and, and tariff issue. Mm -hmm. We have uh, Brexit looming October 31st. And Boris Johnson, and who's uh, the leader over there in the uh, UK, trying to figure out what to do. Then we had a little curveball, China devaluing their currency and something called the inverted yield curve. You've heard of that, right, Mark? Oh, yeah. It's been that, a big topic. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's something that gets discussed from time to time. It's a little complex, but it's probably a topic for another show. Then we have uh, generally, I guess, underlying all this is a fear of an economic slowdown uh, and perhaps even a recession. So the end of uh, July, we had a quarter point cut and the short-term interest rates by the Federal Reserve is sort of a preemptive measure. But what was a little unusual about that having a cut, it was the first one in 10 years, is we've had on the positive end record employment, so record low unemployment, a very solid consumer spending, and a combination of low interest rates, right? People are refinancing their mortgage and mm -hmm. Uh, it's a big deal, certainly, when someone can cut maybe $100 or $200 a month from their mortgage and lock that in for a long period of time, as well as low energy prices. I noticed this uh, recently when we took our, our drive uh, on our summer vacation. We were seeing gasoline prices up and down the East Coast, you know, close to $2 a gallon. So effectively, it's almost like a tax cut where it puts money in people's pockets. So we have a lot of positive things going on. So it is, it's certainly a bit unusual to have an interest rate cut in this kind of environment. But from what I'm hearing from people who, who have concerns, and they're legitimate concerns, there's no doubt about it, but the same phrase comes up almost all the time, Mark. You hear people say, it's different this time, right? You've heard that? Uh-huh. Yeah. No, it's like this time it can't bounce back or this time it's not going to rebound or whatever. 
Right. We're in a whole new realm. And in many ways we are. And we, uh, when you look at this, uh, we have a $22 trillion deficit and close to a trillion dollars or more in uh, per year in debt, adding on to the $22 trillion in deficit. Right. But uh, people sometimes don't realize looking back in history, and I'm, I'm a big student of history. I look back in history uh, of the stock market and um, different realms of American history, political history. But between 1945 and 1950, we had similar or worse what they call GDP to debt ratios. Of course, we were coming out of World War II, but we had a very strong economy for at least the next 15 years. So we have to look at these things and keep the proper perspective. In 2008, so 10, 11 years ago, 11 years ago now, the stock market was gyrating tremendously, 800 to 900 points in a day. However, the index then, the stock market index, the Dow Jones is the most common one people refer to, it was about 10,000. So that was almost a 10% move in one day. And even going further back than that, in 1987, the October drop in 1987, Black Friday, as it was called, it dropped over 500 points in one day. And that was a 22% drop in one day. So that would be equivalent to the stock market dropping like 6,000 points in one day, which it's hard to even fathom now. But those were significant, significant drops. And what happens? We recover. We revert back to a sense of normalcy. And I have videos that I sometimes share with clients, and I can share with clients now, uh, or any prospective client that asks, with uh, prognosticators saying things back then like, it's never coming back. It's permanent damage. And we're going to be stuck in this stagnant economy forever or in this depressionary state forever. What they don't envision is that it's just a dynamic economy. They didn't look and see that we would end up 10 years later now with Netflix and Google and Uber, Facebook, Apple computer, the way it's changed over the years. We have the smartphone and social media revolution. So it's hard to look forward and see how these things are going to change and evolve. Um, But, you know, it's hard to put yourself in a position to think of what life is going to be like in the future and how good it could be in the future. I think back to you know how we would watch videos. Now we stream movies on Netflix or on even uh, different types of social media platforms. Mark, remember Blockbuster Video? Of course. Waiting to yeah. get those videos on Friday and Saturday night. Yeah, I love Blockbuster. <laughs> I, I might actually still owe them a video return maybe. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But no, actually, yeah, yes. no, we used to go all the time. Yeah, we'd have to wait and reserve our videos and pick them up on a Friday night and make sure that you return them on time oh, or yeah. you would get that big fine or, God forbid, you just forget the video in the house, right? And you end up paying like a $50 fine for a video that probably cost them $3 to make. Yeah, exactly. I think you could buy it at Walmart for like, you know, $25 and they wanted to charge you like 75 if you lost it kind of thing. That's right. No, I, I think that's a, I have some good points. And I really like your point there about the perspective of the market, you know, the Dow being at 10,000 in 2008, those swings do seem greater. The numbers we're at now, you know, up over 26,000 and so on and so forth. When you have an 800 point drop, it's just not as massive as it, you know, even was just a decade ago. So that's a really good point. So are you saying then, Don, maybe people don't need to be as worried as the, I don't know, the media is kind of pointing it out to be? 
You know, not necessarily, Mark. Okay. Uh, you know, I don't want to paint a rosy picture for everyone. Uh, let's put it this way. If you have a concentration in certain stocks, and a lot of people now are enamored with these super fast growth stocks, they call them the FANG stocks, the Facebook, Apple, Netflix, and Google, and uh, th those types of stocks. You should be worried if you're concentrated in certain category of stocks. I hearken back to 1999 and 2000 when people were concentrated in tech stocks and everything was this and that.com. There were pets.com and you know, you name it.com. Right. <laughs> so if you're concentrated in certain stocks, I think you should be worried. If you're timing the market, I also think you should be worried because it, it's proven that over time and time again, it doesn't work. Uh, if you're concentrated in buying real estate, for example, I think you should be worried. If we look back to that period I mentioned about the dot-com stocks and how they fell from the year 2000 to 2002, the stock market was down over 40%. But I ask people all the time, and I'll ask you, what stock market, Mark? Um, the Dow, right? Well, the Dow and, and the S&P 500, but there are far more than one or two stock indexes out there. True. We have large stocks and small stocks and international stocks and growth stocks and value stocks and don't forget bonds. So back in those years when the Dow and the, and the S&P 500 were down over 40%, people don't realize that a well-balanced, diversified portfolio a mix of high quality, short-term fixed income was about even for that period of time. So it was not down 40% because some categories were going up while others were going down. And I always mention to people when they think about these things is they should consider the range of returns, not just the rate of return. So with a well-balanced portfolio, people can generally focus more on spending money with more freedom and less worry and just simply enjoying their life and making sure that their money works for them instead of constantly worrying about what change they're going to make, what move they're going to make. And I think generally over the past five to 10 years, what's made this worse is smartphones and flat screen TVs <laughs> everywhere, Mark. Yeah, I'm not telling you. I can't tell you that every time I really go out somewhere socially, I feel like I'm inundated with flat screen TVs and people looking down at their smartphones. I think we mentioned this on our last show. No, yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's it's it definitely permeated our society something fierce. Uh, you cannot seem to get away from that, that's for sure. Yeah, so let me just tell you a quick story, sort of the opposite of, of uh, the experience of seeing flat screen TVs and smartphones everywhere. Uh, recently, my wife and I were down in Cape May, New Jersey. I'm not sure if you've ever been there. Have you been to Cape May, New Jersey? Uh, I think I was there when I was younger. It's been a while. I used to be in Jersey from time to time when I was a kid, so it's probably, I don't know, 20 25 years, maybe 30. Hey, I would I would liken it to maybe like Savannah, Georgia or Charleston down in the Carolinas. It's sort of a smaller version of that, but very historic town. It, it's really cool. It's very much a throwback little community. Cool. Uh, but one of the things we noticed when we were down there is uh, when we're walking down the street or we're going into some of the older hotels, I did not see one flat screen TV mark. <laughs> and people just seem to be walking around, enjoying the shops and lots 
lots of restaurants and gift shops and ice cream parlors and, you know, cool little historical sites. And there's a wonderful bird sanctuary and there's an observation tower and a lighthouse, things like that. A lot of bike riding. So it's sort of a step back in time, I call it. And it's just so refreshing because I think it, it sort of feeds on itself where I noticed when we were walking down one of the main streets there and people were shopping and eating ice cream and chit-chatting that you saw very few people looking down at their smartphones and it was uh it was really nice so yeah. it, it just engenders more of an unwinding a relaxation where you could disconnect from the technology of the day and feel like you can connect on a human level with people so that's sort of the opposite of what i see on a regular basis when i'm out and about and having dinner with my wife or socializing with friends right yeah no i agree with you it's kind of like Mackinac Island uh, uh, in uh, Michigan, uh, where you have to take the ferry across. There's no cars allowed um, because there's not enough room. And yeah, people tend to just not think about these little devices that we carry around as often. And uh, my wife and I took a cruise a couple years ago. And it's the first cruise I ever went on. But I remember thinking the cruise wasn't bad in itself. But the great part was that since you were going to be in international waters, you didn't want to have your phone doing roaming and whatnot. And we just turned them completely off, threw them in the suitcase, and didn't look at them for a whole week. And I thought, wow, that was the best thing right there is just to mm. not have to turn, even think about that thing for a week was pretty cool. Well, let me let me circle back to what we were talking about. So Don, with all these things going on with the market things we discussed, a lot of good information here on the podcast on your money and your life. What does it look like to meet with you then and, and maybe deal with some of these issues if you're having anxiety about the volatility? Well, you know, very simply, Mark, what we'll do is discuss your concerns. Uh, really, what is it that keeps you up at night, right? So we'll go through a step-by-step step process to take you from confusion or concern to really clarity and peace of mind. And just sit back and listen, so listen to those concerns and make sure that we address what it is that's bothering you or what it is that concerns you or what it is that's in the back of your mind that you think you know may cause a problem down the road for you and your family. Well, folks, if you'd like to uh, take advantage, you'd like to talk with Don, we make it pretty easy here on the podcast. You can do a couple of things. You can go to donaldcash.com. That's donaldcash.com. And while you're there, give us a subscribe to the podcast so you can get future episodes as well as check out past episodes. You can also just call him anytime you hear anything, uh, a useful nugget of information or you have some concerns. Give him a call and let him know you'd like to chat. 800-664-1183 is how you make that happen. 800-664-1183. And of course, Don is a CPA and a certified financial planner, a CFP at Donald Cash and Associates, Donald W. Cash and Associates. So, all right, let's get into our cash connection. This is where we take some email questions here. And of course, you can go to donaldcash.com to do that. And so I've got one for you this week here on the cash connection. Don, you ready? Yes, I am. Abe. All right. He said, I'm being forced into early retirement at 57 from my job at the state. I'll have my pension, but that alone will not be enough to live on. Do I need to find another job since I am too young for Social Security or to withdraw from my IRAs. Right, so we talked about that last time and we got into more of the issue of where to draw money, whether it's the IRA and the techniques to wait to collect from Social Security. Mm -hmm. However, after we were done with the show, Mark, I was kicking myself. I said, ah, you know what? There's one thing we did not bring up and I'd really be remiss if I didn't mention a big issue that people face when deciding to retire early or even forced into early retirement okay. like Abe was. And that's 
what to do about health insurance. It's sort of like the 800-pound gorilla in the room. So let's just go through a little bit of a refresher on that. So Medicare which is a universal coverage for people when it comes to health insurance, does not kick in until age 65. And for someone who retires like Abe, whether they're, let's say, their late 50s or early 60s, they can continue on with their insurance from their prior job. It's offered for 18 months it's called COBRA. It's 18 months after the separation of service. So you can continue with the insurance that you had from your prior job and simply pay the premium that the company would be paying for you, but you will have that health insurance, but you'll likely have this gap period between the end of COBRA and the beginning of Medicare. And that's where the problem occurs. So mm. many people who face this, they say to themselves, well, we know that we're going to have a period of time where we're going to be paying for our own health insurance before Medicare kicks in. And whether it's COBRA or I'm buying insurance myself, I'm going to have to pay that premium, which can be pretty steep, by the way, not unusual for a couple to pay a premium of $1,500 or $2,000 a month until Medicare starts. An individual certainly will be approximately half of that, which it could be anywhere between seven, eight hundred to a thousand or more dollars per month. However, one of the large issues with the coverage is really the limitations on coverage once someone finishes their COBRA from their old plan at work. And when I say that, typically what happens as a process is folks go into the what they call the healthcare marketplace and buy their own plan. And it could be companies you've heard of like Blue Cross, Blue Shield, and Aetna, and AmeriHealth. There's usually a handful of health insurance companies that offer plans in your state. But quite often what occurs is that when you buy a plan, you're paying a premium and it's often higher than what you paid with COBRA. And you're faced with large deductibles, large co-pays, and here's the kicker, limitations on the coverage. And when I say that, I mean you're limited to care often in the state where you reside. So here we are in New Jersey, and this is where the problem may occur. If you have doctors that you're seeing in New York, and this is very common for people who live in New Jersey, some of the best hospitals are in New York, whether it's Sloan Kettering, the Hospital for Special Surgery, or some of these other major medical centers in New York City, NYU, New York Presbyterian Hospital, or you have perhaps kids that are being treated in uh, Philadelphia, some of the best kids' hospitals are down there, there's going to be an issue likely because your health care is going to be limited very likely to providers in the state where you reside. So that's something that's often not thought of carefully before someone retires. And I wanted to bring that up because you could see where that's a big issue, right, Mark? Oh, absolutely. No, I think that's great. I'm glad that you decided to go ahead and circle back around and talk about that for Abe's question. That's a great part about a podcast too, right? You can always go back and re-listen to these and pick up hopefully a useful nugget of information. Absolutely. So what I wanted to really hammer home with this point, it's not really only about the cost of care, which is an issue. It's the quality of care and how this is going to affect you, how it's going to affect your family day to day. 
And again, it gets back to that point with trying to reduce stress, trying to move toward a peace of mind and clarity. And I think the more that we understand how the health insurance is going to work, the more we can move away from this sense of confusion and facing these issues that are going to cause undue stress and affect your life in a potentially a negative way. All right. Well, there you go. That is our Cash Connection revisited this week here on the podcast. So Abe, again, great question from the prior one. Uh, glad we were able to hopefully come back and uh, circle around to some things, give you some more things to think about. Well, we'll save uh, this week's question for the next podcast. We'll ask that one on the show. And with that, we're going to depart for this week. But if you, again, if you have questions or concerns, uh, something piqued your interest here today on the program, a lot of good information, reach out to Don at 800-664-1183. Just feel free to give him a call, 800-664-1183. He is a CPA and a CFP at Donald W. Cash and Associates. And of course, go to the website, check him out online at donaldcash.com. That's donaldcash.com. Subscribe to the podcast and that way you can catch up on new episodes as well as past episodes and for that i'll say don this week thanks for your time i will talk to you next time here on the podcast thanks mark talk to you soon we'll see you soon here on your money and your life with don cash Investment advisory services offered through Donald W. Cash & Associates, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of New Jersey.